Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Pastor David with We Are Church. I want to thank you for taking the time to tune into this podcast. Here at We Are Church, our mission is to be a place where people come to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. One of the ways that we do that is through the reading and teaching of the Word of God. So I pray that this challenges you to take your faith to the next level and that you find freedom in every area that you are seeking. Enjoy the message. What's up, church family? Pastor David here. Uh, First off, I just want to wish you all Merry Christmas wherever you are. I hope that you got your families with you right now gathered around to hear this message. I'm so excited to jump into this message tonight and just talk about the birth of Jesus and what that means for us who follow Jesus and who believe in Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Matthew chapter 1 verses 20 and 23. And as you look up the scripture, uh, I'm I'm just going to catch us up to where we're at right now um, in the book of Matthew. So the beginning of Matthew starts off with the genealogy of Jesus. And then it jumps straight into the story of of Mary being visited by an angel of the Lord. And she gets impregnated by the Holy Spirit and begins to carry the Messiah in her womb. And the, the problem with this scenario right here is that Mary is she's currently engaged to a man named Joseph. Right. And, and she's got to break the news to him about her being pregnant by the Holy Spirit, right? Hoping that maybe Joseph will believe her and not choose to break off the, the engagement, right? And so Joseph is, is, is in this place where he's really struggling with this scenario right here. And, and the Bible tells us that he's actually considering breaking off the engagement with Mary. And so we're going to pick up right there in Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. Verse 20 says, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And let's just take a second to really kind of put ourselves right right there where, where this is at. Like, can you imagine this scenario right here that that that, that Joseph, he's he's young, he's he's engaged, and he's ready to start his life, and all of a sudden his whole world gets flipped upside down. His 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 girl, his fiance, soon to be wife, comes to him and tells him that she's pregnant, right? That that, that she's pregnant, but that it ain't his, right? You imagine the the conversation that that must have taken place with them. If it's not mine, then then whose is it? Like, whose baby could this be? Right? And she's like, "Well, it's it's God's." Like, could you actually hear that from a girl and actually believe that? Like, Joseph is sitting here thinking, "Man, there's 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 no way that I'm gonna be able to believe this unless God Himself comes down and and and, and tells me otherwise." Right? And just like that, Joseph goes from soon-to-be husband husband to soon-to-be stepdad, right? Not just any stepdad, but actually stepdad of the Savior of the world. Like, can you imagine, like, the pressure of that? That I'm, I'm actually about to raise the Messiah to grow up and to be a man, to start his ministry and to save people from their sins. And I'm sure you know how the rest of that unfolds. Joseph, he accepts the call. He takes Mary to be his wife. And we don't hear too much about Joseph after that. But we see that that Joseph holds up to his end and he raises Jesus to become this, 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 this mighty man, right? This God, he raises him up to become a man. And Jesus starts his 
ministry, but there's something really beautiful here in this short text, right? The angel of the Lord, he, he tells Joseph, he says, she will have a son and you're to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Then it goes on to say, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is, God is with us. The angel of the Lord, he, he points to the name of Jesus because the, the name of a, of a person shaped and formed that person's life. It, it, it defined their destiny and their calling. Anytime somebody, um, God would, uh, anytime a name was given to a person, it was to, it was to determine what, what road and what path they would take in their life, right? And so the name given to Jesus is, is, is so significant, and, and he points to this name. And he gives, he gives Jesus two different names here, two names that were given to the Messiah in this text. And I really want to break down what those two names are. The first one is, is Jesus. So the name Jesus is translated from the Hebrew and Aramaic. The name is Yeshua. This word is it's a combination of the word Yah, right, which is an abbreviation for Yahweh, which means God, right? And and, and it's a combination be between the abbreviation of Yah and the verb Yasha, which means to rescue, to deliver, and save. And so we see this word coming translated from the Hebrew and Aramaic, literally meaning God saves, God rescues, or God delivers. And then he translated from Hebrew to Greek, the word Yeshua becomes Isias, which is translated in English, where we get the word Jesus, which means the Lord saves, right? So in other words, Jesus came to rescue, deliver, and to save. And as we sit with our families this Christmas, it's important that, that we remember why Jesus came in the first place. And we could get so caught up in everything that is going on out, out, out here and so caught up in like the gifts that we receive from other people around us or what we might have coming for Christmas or what we don't have to give and, and all of the deadlines that we missed and we're going into this new year. We could get so caught up in all of these different things that, that, that don't remember, but it's, it's important that we actually sit down and, and we remember that why, why did Jesus come in the first place? And so today I want to talk about exactly what Jesus came to rescue deliver and save us from. And so my first point is he came to rescue us from ourselves. He came to rescue us from ourselves. Ezekiel chapter, Ezekiel chapter 34 verses 11 through 12. Real quick before I jump into that, there's a prophetic passage in Ezekiel chapter 34 and it starts with this warning to the shepherds in Israel, right? And so God goes into this in, in Ezekiel chapter 34 and he's telling the shepherds, right? He's saying, man, you, you, you don't shepherd my sheep anymore, that, that, that my sheep are starving, that you're not feeding my sheep. And he says, man, you don't, you don't care about the sick. You're not healing the sick. You're not doing anything, but, but, but you're, you're getting fat and you're getting rich off of my sheep. And he's talking to the pastors. He's talking to the shepherds. And he says, man, it, as a result of, of that, you're, you're neglecting the sheep. He said, man, my sheep have they've been scattered, that they've, they've, they've ran away. And as a result of that, as a result of you not feeding my sheep and not tending to the flock, my people have scattered and they've deserted me and they're lost, right? And so in verse 11, he says, man, for thus says the Lord God, behold, I myself will search for my flock and seek them out. As a shepherd cares for his sheep on the day that he is among his scattered flock, so I will care for my sheep. And I will rescue them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. And we see right here in this passage, this prophetic message of the coming Messiah saying, I'm, I myself 
will search for my flock and I will seek them out, right? As a shepherd cares for his sheep on the day that he is among his scattered flock, so I will care for my sheep and I will rescue them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and, and gloomy day. Like what a beautiful passage, right? That God goes from rebuking these false self-centered shepherds and says, man, I myself, because since you've neglected to take care of my sheep and, and my flock and you've you've gotten rich and you've gotten fat off of my sheep while they're out there starving and you haven't tended to them, he said, I myself will search and seek out my lost sheep. Like how beautiful is that? That God said, man, you know what? Man has failed you, right? That everybody in this world will fail us. He said, man, all of these things have, have been against him. But Jesus said, man, you know what? I'm, I myself, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to search and I'm going to seek out the lost sheep. He says, I will care for my sheep and I will rescue them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. I want to talk about a few reasons why the children of Israel were scattered. Some because of neglect, but some because of disobedience right if we look all the way back to the to the beginning of the israelites right where um jesus sends moses to egypt and he sends moses to go to to pharaoh and and tell pharaoh to let his people go right and he's he's man i'm gonna deliver my people out of the hands of pharaoh and i'm gonna bring them into this this promised land a land flowing with milk and honey that everything that they ever need or or, or desired is is gonna be there and i'm gonna i'm gonna take care of my people right and so so the Lord delivers them out of the hand of, of, of Pharaoh and almost immediately the people started murmuring and, and grumbling and wanting to go back to where they were thinking that the Lord wasn't going to take care of them after the Lord proved to them time and time and time and time again that he was with them and that he was going to take care of them. And, and, and so eventually they end up in the promised land, right? They enter into the promised land. And it isn't long before they enter into this prom promised land that they they began worshiping other gods, right? They started intermarrying with, uh, with, uh, with uh, different races and religions, and started worshiping these other gods and completely turning away from God until, uh, until they didn't want anything to do with God. They were just so, so concerned with, they were just so absorbed in everything that was going on around them and all these different idol worships, all these different idol worshiping, right? And the result of their sin, like, brought them to be driven out by their enemies. That God said, if you if if you don't want me, if you don't want to choose to follow me, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna accept what I'm trying to give you and actually worship me, and you want to worship these other gods and these other idols, and He said, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you to your to your own devices, and let's see how 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 life really gets for you, right? And so God left them to their to their own devices and their enemies came in and they drove them out to different lands and then they got divided among each other and there was no unity until eventually all 12 of the tribes were just scattered out through all of these different nations. They were scattered, right? And I don't know about you, but but I've been there. I've been that person running from God, strung out on drugs, that my mind, soul, and body just deteriorate and helpless and, 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 and hopeless, right? That, but God, he would be so rich in mercy that every time I cried out to him, he would snatch me out of the pits. He would clean me up. He would restore my life only for me to forget what he did for me and start to believe that I did these things on myself to eventually turn my back on him and go back to the things of the world, right? But God rescued me from myself. He rescued me from myself. How did he do that? He continued to seek me out, always, constantly seeking me out and, 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 and pursuing me. He never stopped 
chasing after my heart. He never stopped chasing me down. And he, until he actually grabbed me and eventually he, he rescued me, not just from what was going on around me, but he rescued me from myself. I want to tell you today that the, the Lord is, is madly in love with you, that the Lord is not mad at you, he's not angry at you, that he is madly in love with you. He wants to rescue you from yourself today. Maybe you say, David, man, you don't, but you don't, you don't understand. You don't know what type of life I'm living. I'm, I'm too far gone. Maybe you just uh, uh, broke away from a, from a, from a really bad marriage. Maybe you just went through a divorce. Maybe you just, you can't stop using drugs. Maybe you rob. Maybe you steal. Maybe you lie. Maybe you denied God. Whatever that thing is. Maybe you're just, you're in that place. You say, man, David, but, but I burned every bridge that I've, I've ever crossed. That God would not want anything to do me that do with me. But can I tell you that Jesus didn't come to call those who think that they are righteous, but he came to call those who know that they are sinners. And when you know that you're a sinner and that you can't break free from the things that you are struggling with by yourself, maybe you'll just get desperate enough to call out to God and allow him to rescue you from yourself. Second point, Jesus came to deliver you from bondage. Jesus came to deliver you from bondage. Luke chapter 4 verses 16 through 21 says, when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. This is Jesus. The scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled to you this very day. Like, imagine this. Like, talk about a mic drop. That we see Jesus, right? Whose name in itself means God rescues, delivers, and saves, reading, reading the prophecy that was given about the coming Messiah, right? Reading the prophecy that was spoken of about him. Can you imagine, like, the type of authority in which that was read? Can you imagine, like, the people uh, uh, lean all over through the, all through Scripture? We see people saying, I mean, we never heard anybody speak with such authority when they talked about how, how Jesus spoke. And so Jesus is, he's there, that he's reading, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. It says, all eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. You see, I mean, the scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this day. Like, can you imagine people who don't know him, like leaning over to the person next to them, like, who, who is this? Like, like who, who is this dude right here? His name is, is Jesus. And immediately when they would hear his name, they'd be like, hold on, wait, 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 what's, what's his name? He see us, Jesus? That he came to save people from their sins? Like, like that's his name? Like, could this possibly possibly be him? Like, is this is he really the savior of the world? Is that why he speaks with such authority? Is that why he can perform miracle signs and wonders? Is that why he isn't scared to challenge the Pharisees? Like, what is, is this really who we think it is? Like, place yourself there for a second. It's been 400 years at this point. It's 400 years since 
anybody has heard from God or seen anything like what they're witnessing right now in the times that Jesus is walking this earth and healing the sick and opening the eyes of the blind, right? Sin has sin is rampant among them. Sickness is rampant among them. Religion is rampant. The spiritual dryness is all they've had for 400 years. And Jesus comes in swinging. He says, hey, what I just read to you, like, I'm, I'm, I'm that dude right there. What I just read to you, I'm that dude. So I want to ask you today, like, where, where are you at with God right now? Like, what does is, what is your life really look like right now? How is your struggle with sin? I asked it last week. How is your struggle with sin? Like, if you were to get real and you were to get honest right now, like, take the mask off. Like, nobody around to, 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 to hear you. No, no need to put on any front. Like, today, just you and God. Like, where are you at? How are you doing with your struggle of sin? And how are you doing at this thing called life, right? Jesus said, man, he, he sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released. To proclaim that the captives will be released. How many of you know that you don't have to be behind bars to be in prison, that you can be imprisoned up here, right? Some of us, were, were, we're living in this prison of anxiety and this prison of depression and this just prison of, 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 of sickness and addiction and lust and, and, and all of these different things that we're living in these prisons in our minds of, of insecurities and that we can't break free. This for, for some reason, this thing has got such a strong hold on us and we're captives to it. Jesus said, man, no, I came to set the captives free. I'm going to ask you, will you let him set you free today? Will you let Jesus set you free today? He then says he sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. He said that the oppressed will be set free. Not only did he come to proclaim that the captives will be released, but he also came to set the oppressed free. Like how, how is it that Jesus, how did Jesus come to set the oppressed free? That he, he became the, the oppressed that he walked this earth, he endured rejection, he endured persecution, he endured oppression so that you could be set free today. Jesus came to deliver you from any bondage that has had you bound. My third point, Jesus came to save you from your sins. He came to save you from your sins. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 says, She will have a son, you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. She will have a son. You are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. See, the fullness of Jesus' name is found in this statement right here. The fullness of it. Why? Because everything broken, everything in this world that was broken and that was destroyed and that was shattered, everything, all sin, all struggle, all sickness, all bondage, all anxiety, all depression, that all of that is a result of sin coming into this world. It's a product of a fallen world. So Jesus came to save his people from their sins so that we could live and not just die. I want to ask you today, family, do you know Jesus today? If we go all the way back to verse 20, 23, it says, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. It's 2,000 plus Years ago, Jesus was born into the 
very world that he created. He walked the earth with us. God with us. He came to seek and save the lost. God rescues. He healed the sick and set the captives free. God delivers. He willingly died a criminal's death on the cross for you and me because God saves. So wherever you're at right now, whether you're in your living room or whether you're in your car, with family or not with family, I want you to think about everything that Jesus came for and what what, what, what he did for you already on the cross. So what do you need to be rescued from today? What do you need to be delivered from? And what do you need to be saved from? Bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, for this day. God, I pray over each and every person under the sound of my voice today, God, I pray that that you would just meet them right there where they are. Pray for every person that is struggling today. God, that you would send them a peace, God, like never before. God, we thank you for sending your son into this world to walk, live, and dwell among us, to be crucified and die a criminal's death on the cross so that we might live for you. So God, I pray that this Christmas, God, that you would remind us of the gift that was already given for us. And we thank you for that. We thank you for your hand on our lives and on our family. We love you, we honor you, and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise God, church. We will see you after New Year's. I pray that you have a blessed week. I love you, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you want to learn more about We Are Church, connect with We Are Church, or feel led to sow into We Are Church, we want to provide the means to do so. You can give online at weareministries.com, and you can also reach us on all social media platforms at We Are Church Nashville. God bless you, and have a great week.